listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny. And I'm your co-host, Keely. We are on episode 70, and we are talking about Final Fantasy VIII. Yay, we're almost to Final Fantasy IX. Are you excited for Final Fantasy IX, Keely? I'm, I'm nervous. But, like, because I don't want it to be over, but we haven't even started it yet. I know. It's like, <laughs> I was that way with Seven. Like, I'm excited. I, w- I was excited to start it, but, like, I knew that as soon as I started it, yeah. it's going to be over super quick, and then it'll be done, and we won't ever really visit it again, maybe. So, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> but, yeah, we are talking about Final Fantasy VIII. I played the original PlayStation version, and I you played the remastered, remastered. Switch version, right? Yeah. And there are a few differences. There's quite a few differences. Final Fantasy VIII was developed by Square Soft at the time. Uh, It was later developed... or It's Square Enix now, but it was developed by Square Soft at the time. It was released on the PS1 in 1999 with a re-release on the PC a little bit later. I don't have the PC version. I really want the PC version, but it's so hard to come by. Anyway... It was later remastered and re-released for the Switch, the PS4, and the Xbox One in 2019. And the biggest reason they never really ported it out between those times is because they lost the source code for it. So essentially, the source code lets you... It helps you port your game to other systems... And because they lost the source code for Final Fantasy VIII, they had to completely reverse engineer the game to be able to recreate the source code. And that process was probably very expensive and probably took a long time. But because they did that, there was a lot of shortcuts made a on lot of the, shortcuts made on the, the remaster version that probably could have been avoided. Inexcusable shortcuts. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. That's probably why we haven't seen a new port of Final Fantasy VIII until no. now. <laughs> so we are going to talk about the story in probably way more detail than we really should. If you wish to skip the story, you can find the the timestamp in the description and you can jump to that time to continue the rest of the podcast if you want to skip the story. I feel like we have a duty to do the story simply because we've done every story so far. So far. So there's no reason for me to skip the story, but I completely understand if you don't want to listen to an hour's worth of me telling a story of Final Fantasy VIII. I did my absolute best to try and make a cohesive story, but, you know, it is what it is. So anyway, yeah, if you want to skip to that timestamp, that's perfectly fine. I understand, and we will move on with our thoughts of the game, but I do want to tell the story for the, like, nobody who cares. <laughs> if you listen to the entire story, I would like to hear... <laughs> How badly we did. Uh, well, I would like to hear that, that you did it, but also, if you think that it's worth it, like, I don't know, do you guys care that I tell the entire story? Because I could easily just say, like, Squall's a dude, he does a thing at the end of the game, you know? Squall's a dude. <laughs> Cypher's a dude. <laughs> oh, We're geez. all dudes. All right. So, the story starts off with 
the intro like video. Well, yeah, you've got the intro video, but to set the scene, you are Squall and Squall. Well, you, the main character for the story is Squall and he is a seed, which is his. Well, no, he's not a seed yet, but he's trying to be a seed. And basically he is in a garden, which is an academy for mercenaries or uh kind of yeah they're um, raising up well that's the thing we don't really know quite what seed is yet and i think that's kind of squall's process of trying to figure out why are we doing this well i guess but i mean their their goal is to raise cadets yeah. really yes. and and they are training these they're training these kids to be soldiers essentially and the garden is a place where it's kind of like the school raising the academy in a garden um and this one in particular that squall is part of is uh balam balam garden blam bam blam bam blam (laughs) (laughs) so um you're in the um I'm going to be so terrible with these names, guys. So I'm so sorry. You're in the Balam Garden. The Balam Garden, um, the school that trains these military-like personnel, um, and their goal is to become members of SEED so that they can go off and do missions and gain money for the garden. Um, you start off with the training session between Squall and his sparring partner, Cypher, uh, Cypher kind of takes it too far and slashes Squall across the face, and Squall in turn slashes Cypher against How dare across you? the face. So they end up both having big old scars on their face for the entirety of the game. It really does set. It, it shows sets, the dynamic between the two for well, sure. Well, yeah, it, it shows that they're rivals, but it also shows off this like more mature tone of the entire sure. game. Squall wakes up after that in the clinic. And he's escorted back to his class by his teacher, Quistus. He's he's going off to prepare for an exam, and Quistus is... His uh, instructor. Yeah, Quistus is in, his instructor, but also offers to be his support for his... The field exam? The field exam, yeah. right, right. So it's he has to do the field exam before he can do the full seed exam. The field exam is where they have to go and fight Ifrit to gain Ifrit as a GF. And they do that. They come back. When they're back in the garden, Squall changes into his uniform and meets with Zell and Cypher uh, to do their field exam. Oh, and Cypher is given the title of lead for this. Um, sorry, it's not a field exam. It's it's, it's the actual seed it's exam. It's the seed design. exam. So he's... He's in a leadership role over... Cypher is, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the captain. Exactly. So they get shipped off to... Their mission site at Dolette. And they're briefed along the way. Basically, Dolette Town is being overrun by Galbadia Army. The garden's goal is to... Get them out of the city. Push them out of the city, right. So Cypher and his team, which includes Zell and Squall, show up at the site and they push back uh, to the city center where they're supposed to be stationed until um, further further instructions. instructions. As they sit there impatiently, Cypher decides to follow some Galbadia soldiers off into a different area of the city. 
Zell and Squall kind of struggle with this because they're not supposed to leave their post, but Cypher is the leader of the group, so they don't really have a choice. So they go off and follow him, and they end up going to this radio communications tower. Where the Galbadia members are actually trying to activate the antenna at the very top. And that's where kind of Cypher runs in. And while you're on your way... Selfie, you meet you meet your other party member. She's not part of your party yet, but you run into Selfie, who has the orders for Cipher. Yeah, she has the new orders for yeah. Cipher, but she can't give it to Squall. She only has to give it to yes. Cipher. And because Cipher ran into the radio tower, Selfie and the others go into the radio tower along with him. Um, while they're in the radio tower, they come across Biggs and Wedge. Biggs and Wedge. And Biggs and Wedge are there to activate the radio tower. You fight Biggs and Wedge. You fight off another monster. Biggs and Wedge end up activating the radio tower. And then Selfie gives Cypher the, the orders to retreat. to retreat immediately. As they're leaving the city, they get chased by a large robot. And just as they make it back to the evacuation site, Quistus shows up and shoots off yeah. the the big machine, it's allowing like a spider. Yeah, it is, <laughs> and that's like a terrifying sequence. Yeah, too. I remember this. Um, yep. <laughs> but she gives the group a chance to get on the ship to leave the the, the mission. Yeah. So they go back to the garden, and they are evaluated on their, their status. performance and everything right. and it's squall selfie and zell and like one other guy that some gets, random yeah it's, his name is nida how do you know this <laughs> because i we, we had a topic one day and one of the jokes about nida is that no one can remember him and squall says a few times that he doesn't remember him but he's the other guy that is appointed as a seed and i relate to that so wholeheartedly is he no the one, one remembers him is he the one that he um, steers your ship yeah that's what yep. i was gonna ask you if he's the one that steers your ship <laughs> um so yeah you you go to you go get evaluated and you guys are appointed yeah, finally so for seed squall zell and selfie all make it a seed cypher does not make the cut because he, he disobeyed orders he did yes he he's did. in the naughty chair so he gets um sent to kind of be punished for abandoning orders and then there is a celebration for the seeds that did make it it's like a formal ball it is yeah where they get so, to dress up in their seed outfits and whatnot uh squall dresses up in his formal uniform and he's kind of at this ball i th- i don't think he's really having much fun and he sees a girl off in the distance and when their eyes meet she walks over and forces him to dance with her they do their little dance and they have a connection and then she gets sidetracked and goes off and does something else. Um, after the dance, Squall is um, pulled aside by Quistus. Quistus tells Squall that she's no longer going to be a teacher and that she's going to just be a regular seed. And so, you know, now she has the ability to just do normal seed missions instead of being an instructor now. The next day, Squall wakes up to find that he's got a new assignment, and he is assigned with Zell and Selfie to go to Timber and um, meet up with the Resistance group to help them f- be freed from the Galbania control that is in Timber. Uh, they take the train to Timber, and as the group is in their private seed cabin, they experience a dream sequence 
where all of a sudden the three are now Kairos Ward and Laguna as Galbadius soldiers. So they're having a dream of these three people. Who are Galbadian soldiers. Galbadian soldiers, right. <clears throat> and um, while they're in this dream sequence, they are actually, it's during the war of in Timber in past the events. Sorceress War. And well, no, is it the Sorceress War? Anyway, I think so. they they make it very clear that it's past events because in current time This has already happened. Well yeah, in current time Galbadia already has control of Timber, where in this dream sequence you're invading Timber. So like you can tell that there's past you know, it's it's in the past in some aspect. Laguna ends up leading the group, the group being Kairos w- Ward Morgan. and Laguna. Um, to Dealing City, where they spend some free time just kind of relaxing. Laguna ends up uh, catching the eye of one of the local musicians, Julia, who invites him back to her hotel room, where they end up just, like, talking about their dreams for the future, and then um, Laguna ends up getting called back off to duty, and then Squall wakes up. And... I found that sequence very funny (laughs) funny. because it's so awkward. Like I feel like Julia is trying to make this like sexy moment and Laguna is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be this journalist and I'm going to go off and tour the world. And she's just like, uh, I invited you to my room. What more do you want? (laughs) So anyway, Squall and the others wake up back on the train. They realize that they all had the same dream, but they kind of dismiss it as, um, that's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, we'll, we'll talk about this later. (laughs) We have things to do right now. Um, when they finally make it to Timber, they meet up with the resistance group called the forest owls who are led by Renoa. And they call her, her their princess. Their princess, that's right. And she ends up being the girl that Squall actually dances with at the ball. Exactly. She was at Balam Garden to try and convince Sid to give her some seed. Uh, just some help, sort of help, yeah. Help the resistance to push the Galbadia control out. The seed members are briefed on the plan. Uh, with the help of the forest owls, they're supposed to kidnap the president of... Uh, Galbadia Delling, which is yeah. also the name of the city, which is I found interesting. Well, he's President Delling. He's the man, yeah, the no. man with the plan. So they, I think their their goal is to like interrogate him and stuff. Yeah, I don't really know what their ultimate goal was to be. I think that was part of the problem that Squall had with this resistance because. He didn't know what they're... Well, at first, yeah, he didn't really understand what he was helping maybe, with. Maybe they just were planning on interrogating him and pressuring him to get out of their city. I don't really know. But in any case, it doesn't really matter what the goal was. The plan was to... The, the, there's a train that is coming into Timber that has the Galbadia president on board. And their goal is to detach the president's car from the train and inject their own mock-up car, dummy car, then they would have the chance to interrogate the president on their own time without the rest of the Galbadia group knowing that he's even been switched out. So they do this with no problems. They, they get the train car isolated, and as they go in to interrogate the president, they find out that he's actually a fake, and he transforms into a monster. A terrifying monster, by the way. He is, it was yeah. disgusting. Yeah, he is. 
it turns out that the real president is already in timber and he's setting up in the TV broadcasting station that hasn't been used in like which is the point of 10 the, years or whatever which is the point of the radio tower to be able to transmit this announcement the real president's already in timber and he's setting up the TV station for broadcast squall thinks the mission is over but oh right because in in Squall's mind, he thought that the contract was done. Right. Like, he did his thing, the contract's over, but Renoa shows him the contract and shows that he is contracted until Timber gains their independence, which is super vague. Meanwhile, the president begins broadcasting this announcement with a proposition of full peace within all nations... And they're going to utilize a new ambassador to conduct these negotiations. And that ambassador is Sorceress Adia. I'm pretty sure that at this point in the world, the state of the world, people are afraid of sorceresses because of things that had happened in the past with Sorceress Adele. And I'm kind of giving hints to what's going on in the story. But, I mean, the whole world will automatically see this as a threat, not so much terms of peace. But during the broadcast, Cypher interrupts it and takes the president hostage at knife point. Quistus jumps on screen to tell Squall that she needs his help. Cypher starts talking about trying to help Renoa in their plans. While they're on live TV, Zell blurts out, yeah, because they reach the they reach the where the broadcast is actually happening. They finally reach the president where Cipher has him held hostage. Yeah, so Squall, Squall, Selfie, and Renoa all run to the TV station and they meet up with Quistus and Zell. While they're kind of trying to talk Cipher off stage, Zell blurts out that they're seeds from Blamgarden. Basically meaning that because this is happening, this can result in the Galbadia army going after the garden because of this involvement. You know, the, the, well, they took the, these Cy- seeds have taken right. hostage the president. Right, right, right. Cypher. Even though it was just <laughs> Cypher doing this, but because Cypher was going against protocol for doing anything, he's doing this on his own. But because, because he's not a seed, but because, for one thing. But because Zell has blurted out that there are seeds there... It could look bad on the garden as a whole. Anyway, the sorceress ends up teleporting to their area and talks Cypher into letting the president go and then gives Cypher the option to join her and all of this will kind of go away. The group flees the TV station and finds out that the Forest Owl's hideout has been destroyed. All of the city's trains are in lockdown, so they can't even go back to Blam Garden. The group really has no choice but to go to the nearest garden, which is the Galbadia Garden. Now, Galbadia Garden is a garden, so it's independent of the Galbadia army. Now, when I was first playing this game, my thought was, oh, it's Galbadia. It must be a bad garden. But that's not really the case. It's more just that it's in the continent or um, yeah. country of Galbadia, but it's still a garden, so it's independent. Or all the seed gardens kind of work together as a group in some yes. aspect. Squall, Quistus, Zell, Selfie, and Renoa all go to the Galbadia garden as a group. While they're en route to the garden, they end up getting knocked out again, and another dream sequence starts up where Laguna, Kairos, and Ward 
are all in this event or um, excavation site run by Esther S soldiers. I was Esther Esther Esther. I always called it Esther, but it's not because if you look at the spelling, it's S Thar. And that's, I think Esther. that's how it's pronounced. Esther. I don't really know. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Easter. You, go, you get what we're trying to say. Easter. <laughs> and uh, anyway, Laguna and, and his group are trying to navigate the area. And then they end up getting rushed by some Esthar soldiers. And they get pushed to the edge of a cliff. They actually fight their way through this horde of Esthar soldiers. But they get pushed to the very edge of this cliff. And Laguna spots some boats down below and push his crew down into the water to escape. Almost kills them. It does, yeah. Well, the fight almost kills yeah. them. I mean, they they all are suffering from some pretty major wounds after this fight. Squall wakes up and the others keep on moving forward to the Galbadia Garden, basically dismissing the dream sequence yet again. Quistus knows the the headmaster of the Galbadia Garden, Martin. Martine. I think it, Martin or Martine. I don't know. They've got all sorts of weird, weird names. Weird names yeah. in this game. And she takes it upon herself to go and talk with him directly. Quistus tells the group that Cipher is given the full blame of the the situation What's at the happened, TV station, yeah. and the group just kind of assumes that Cipher was executed for doing this. Renoa tells the group that she was dating Cypher a little bit and maybe even loved him. And so she was probably the most devastated that Cypher was gone. However, the rest of the group was just like, like, Oh no. (laughs) Yes. That's too bad. (laughs) They were, they were very not, not surprised. They were (laughs) just like, well, what'd you expect was going to happen? Like, if any of us was going to die, I guess (laughs) at least it was Cypher. He was a jerk. Like, yeah, this, this is fine. (laughs) Cypher's friends, Fujin and Raijin, show up at the garden to deliver orders that were supposedly from Sid. They don't think that Cypher would have died. And that so they go and look for him, don't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they go on this like hunt to find Cypher. They're, they're his posse. Yeah, they are his <laughs> posse. Yeah. So the group ends up getting new orders from Martin. They think that it's in collaboration with Sid. And he explains the details about the sorceress being an ambassador for peace but really just trying to gain control of the entire world with fear and using the sorceress's magic. The Galbadia Garden is vulnerable specifically because the sorceress plans on taking it over as her personal base. The orders are to assassinate the sorceress with the help of a sniper and sharpshooter Irvine. I love Irvine. Really? Yeah. I know you didn't like him. I liked him. I hated Irvine. (laughs) So anyway, um, if Irvine is unable to make his shot, the group is ordered to have a secondary attack to take down the sorceress head on. So no matter what, the sorceress is going down. The full order is that the group is to meet with General Carway in the Galbadia capital of Delling. So they travel there, and while they're there, they uh, find out that Renoa is actually... Caraway's daughter. Caraway's <laughs> daughter, right. She is forced out of the mission because of that. So her dad is like, mm you're my daughter. No, you're not going to do that. Which I don't blame him, to dad. be honest. But dad... So Caraway escorts the group around town to explain the mission and tells them that they're going to split into two different teams... There's going to be a parade for the sorceress, and during the parade, 
Team One, I called it Team One, but it's really the Gateway Team, is supposed to drop the gate on her to trap her inside of like a little uh, archway or whatever. And then Team Two, consisting of Irvine and Squall, is supposed to wait on top of a post to take the shot when the gates fall. Renoa, she's actually locked in. Yeah, she she does get locked into her room, but she finds a way to escape. She sneaks out of the mansion to deliver a bracelet to Sorceress Adia, and this bracelet supposedly has power sealing properties to it. But as she's trying to deliver this, the sorceress stuns Renoa and then possesses her or something to get her to follow the sorceress out onto stage. And the sorceress speaks to all of the people of the city about how they are lowlifes and wretches and, you know, basically down-talking the normal people of Earth. And uh, the president tries to interject her and try to stop her from saying crazy things. And she ends up killing the president right there. So the president of Galbadia is dead. He dead. To show off her power, she like turns these stone lizards, lizards yeah, into, into live lizards. <laughs> into real lizards. <laughs> and then those lizards attack Renoa. And your party sees this. Yeah, and somehow Squall and Irvine manage to get up there to help Renoa before they kill her. And Renoa snaps out of it. This is before or after Irvine tries to shoot. This is before. Because after because Renoa goes with you to uh, the top. Ah, yes. And so while, while Renoa and Squall is dealing with the lizards... Um, the sorceress goes down and begins the parade, and she kind of entrances the crowd into this party, and she parades herself through the town. Oh, and Cypher is in the party float, too. So Cypher is, like, her knight or her bodyguard, and he's, you know, waving to the crowd and being all sexy Cypher. As you do when you're a Cypher. Yeah, well, what else are you supposed to do? Um, so... Uh, Squall and Irvine, or Squall, Irvine, and Renoa make their way up to the post, and the gate falls. Just as Irvine is trying to prepare for his shot, he starts freaking out, and he's like, I can't take the shot, I can't do this, I've never done this before, or something, I don't really understand. He just has, like, a freak out moment. Yeah. Squall ends up talking him into taking the shot, and he does end up trying to take the shot, but the sorceress just blocks it anyway. So Squall takes it upon himself to jump over the fence and charge the sorceress head on. He has to first fight Cypher, uh, but then after Cypher goes down, Squall is joined up with Renoa and Irvine to fight the sorceress herself. However, the sorceress ends up impaling Squall with some crystal daggers or ice. I'm assuming just some kind of ice magic. Ice magic, yeah, something. I mean, she's a sorceress. You can do that when you're right. a sorceress. <laughs> and knocks Squall unconscious. Squall ends up in another dream sequence. Basically, he is Laguna. He's in this town where Laguna is trying to take care of a little girl named Alone. Alone is being taken care of kind of with Laguna and with the bartender Rain. And Laguna's kind of primary goal in the town is to 
fend off monsters, but also defend alone from Esther's soldiers that are coming in to try and kidnap alone. They kind of talk about it a little bit that Alone's original parents died trying to protect her because at in Laguna's timeline, Sorceress Adele is trying to find a girl to take on the Sorceress's powers to basically be the successor. I thought it was Adel. Adel? I don't know. <laughs> Again, I, I guess mean, it's up to you. It, yeah, it depends on how you want to say it. Adel, Adele... I, yeah. It doesn't matter. She's she's trying to kidnap these little girls as successors to her power. Right. So you you go out as Laguna. You go out and patrol the area for monsters and stuff. Oh yeah, and, and Cairo shows up too. Yeah. And it had been a year. So it had been a year since you last jumped off the cliff, basically. Yeah, in Laguna's time. So between between the the last dream sequence yes. where Laguna jumps yeah. off the cliff to this dream sequence, it has been, it's been a year in Laguna's time, um, and Laguna is had had recovered from that fight. Kairos had recovered from that fight, and Ward actually lost his voice, but is working as a janitor in um, the D District prison. prison. After the dream sequence, you wake up with Zell, who is actually seeing Ward's Ward. side of things. And they that were all each different. Yeah. Well, your other party was experiencing... Well, I think it was just Zell in this instance, wasn't it? Well, so typically every party member experiences a different person's point of view. Squall is always Laguna, but then every the two other party members are somebody else, either Kyro Kyword Kyword Kyros Kyros, yeah, Kyros <laughs> or Ward. I was getting Ky. You're Ky- getting, you're mixing them both up. Yeah, I was Kyword yeah. Kyword. So anyway, in this instance, Zell was watching um, Ward's point of view, and. It's something that, as the player, you didn't actually see Ward's point of view. You just kind of heard about him working in this prison. But Zell wakes up and explains to Quistus and Selfie who and Renoa, who are in the, the this jail cell with him, about being in a dream sequence as Ward. Zell recognizes the prison, and some guards end up roughing Zell up to try and take Renoa away, and they do succeed because Zell is... They, they just really do a number on Zell. Poor <laughs> Zell. They realize that they don't have their weapons with them, but because Zell's weapons are his fists, Zell is able to coax the guards over and knock the guards out to be able to escape and look for the weapons for the others. Meanwhile, Squall wakes up in a cell all to his own. He has no noticeable wounds, after his fight with Adia, and he finds it very interesting, which I, there is still no like dis- definitive answer to what happened. His cell gets transported to Cypher, who ends up torturing him on information on Seed. Now, Squall's not really able to answer him on any information about Seed as far as, what does Seed mean? And like Squall doesn't really understand because Cypher should know more than Squall does. I mean, they grew up this with very similar, you know understanding of what seed was so he's really not able to answer him and and ends up getting tortured to the point of almost passing out 
Um, he does pass out. He does pass out at the end. <laughs> but before he passes out, a Galbadia soldier shows up and tells Cypher that the missiles are targeted towards the garden, towards the Balam garden, and um, they're ready to launch. Cypher uh, explains that his part, his plan is to destroy. Oh, oh, sorry. Explains that the sorcerer's plan is to destroy all of Seed, and he kind of walks away to let Squall be tortured, and then Squall ends up passing out from uh, the electrocution torture that they're doing. Back to Zell again. So Zell starts looking for Squall in the prison, and the prison break alarm goes off, and some Moombas end up so moombas are or mambas moombas they're these like little cat they're lions tiger lion creatures that they're like slaves <clears throat> in this universe and they lead zell to squall and they end up making their way to escape squall ends up finding renoa and irvine renoa's father helped pull some strings to get her out irvine never really got captured to begin with but was only really there to get Renoa out of jail but Renoa was very upset that the rest of the group was not able to get out of jail also so she made Irvine turn around and go back she made a to scene. rescue the rest of them uh, Irvine tells Squall that the prison is all underground so they have to, so go, they up. Have to f- <laughs> go up to try and find a way to get out they end up stealing some Galbadia vehicles and driving down the road to escape the prison and then they regroup where they talk about how the missiles are being sent to Galbadia Garden or- and really was it sent to Galbadia or was it sent to Selfie's garden? They were probably sent. She was sent to Trabia Garden. Right. That's where so, she initially was right, from. And, and I think that that's what they're talking about in this sequence where they're trying to figure out if it's all the gardens or right. if it's just Balam Garden. But they assume that because they're targeting all seeds, it's probably both gardens or all three. Because you know of Galbadia Garden. But Galbadia Garden's fine because the sorceress herself was going to Galbadia Garden to take it over anyway. So Balam Garden and Trabia Garden are probably the ones that are going to be the ones targeted by the missiles. Now, Trabia Garden is actually Selfie's original garden, and she was transferred to Blam sometime w- earlier. Sometime. You learn that like in the small context. Yeah. As the group is sitting there discussing this, some missiles get launched and start heading off into some direction and they freak out a little bit. Selfie takes the lead and says that she wants to storm the um, missile base and Squall decides to split the group into two parties, a missile base party and a group to go to Balam Garden to warn Sid. So Selfie heads off the group to go to the missile base garden where she's able to kind of wreak havoc and cause the the base to to self-destruct. She does her best to kind of redirect the missiles that are going to Balam Garden, but she's not able to stop them entirely. You do end up seeing the missile base explode and you kind of... Your the missiles on- are still launched. Yeah, they're still launched, but you see the base explode. Yes. And you're kind of left with this assumption that maybe Selfie and the others might have died during this time. 
but you, you don't really know what happens. You kind of get to choose your party members yeah, you too, do. but you you are sent with Selfie and two other members while Squall and two other members go off on his own. Yeah, but they. I guess my point that I'm making is that you kind of think that they may have died. Yeah. In no, the, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying you don't actually. Whoever it is in your game party, right? You are Selfie that and dead. others. Yes. So back with Squall. He makes it to Balam Garden and finds that it's kind of in chaos with some people siding with Sid and some people siding with this Norg guy. So it's the you're are you with the headmaster Sid or are you with your garden master Norg? Norg. Yeah, and Squall doesn't care. He just needs to tell Sid about the missiles. So he hunts down Sid and tells Sid about the missiles that are heading this way. Sid instructs the group to find and activate the garden's defense mechanism. Sid has no idea what it is, but he knows that there's some sort of defense mechanism within the garden. Squall makes his way to an area of the garden that has not been touched forever and is able to activate this levitating... I don't know. He activates the garden to be a mobile garden. So basically, the entire structure lifts up out of the ground and starts floating away. And it does it just in time so that the missiles don't hit the garden, and the garden's able to escape the site without getting hit at all. Unfortunately, the controls are not working, and the garden just ends up drifting right off into the ocean. I tried really hard when I was writing this to figure out what the heck was going on with Norg during this time. The place is in chaos, and you're looking for Sid. You find Sid, you do the garden thing, the missile thing happens, and then it's just like everybody's cool now. Well, do you remember why? <clears throat> because you don't even fight Norg until the next sequence. So I don't know why. I imagine just with all the chaos that people just kind of stop fighting. You know, it does seem like that Sid made some announcement saying, hey, everyone, we have to chill out because there are missiles coming this way. I don't know. They didn't do a very good job talking about this because which to be fair you're supposed to show up and while you have this important news your whole garden is just in chaos you need to find headmaster sid so it's just pure chaos already it really is yeah so anyway squall wakes up and renoa is there asking him to show her around the garden and as Squall does this with renoa he runs into a girl who insists that squall should know her Squall doesn't really know her, and he just kind of moves along and doesn't really think much of it. Squall is eventually summoned to the basement to meet with Master Norg. When Squall makes it down to the basement, he finds that Sid is being bullied a little bit by Norg and his, like, faculty of the garden. Um, Norg claims to be the real leader of the garden because he is the financial investor of the garden and is really only in it for the money. Norg plans on killing the seed members to stop the sorceress from coming after the garden. Basically, you know, here's the seeds, just be done with this sort of deal. He's making them the scapegoat. Yeah, that's true. Um, In the conversation, Norg manages to tell Squall that Sorceress Adia is Sid's wife and then begins the attack. So Squall doesn't even really have a chance to think about this. Well, you kind of learn, too, that actually it's Norg that sends the word for Squall to actually attack the party. Oh, yeah, Sid does not actually tell you to do that. 
which I think is why Norg's trying to take stuff over because he doesn't, of course, want to be attacked for one thing. And so you kind of, yeah, so he, you end up actually fighting because you, Squall, you know, your party are the ones who are doing all this and you are supposed to take the blame. He wants to hand you over as a scapegoat to say, no, it was them. It was not me. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, you end up fighting Norg. It's all caps. <laughs> did you, did you know, by the way, Norg is a shumi, I think it's pronounced, and you either turn into an elder, which is what Norg was, or you turn into a Moomba. That's not how I understood it. But yes, I did know that. Oh. So I understood it that the the Shishimi or Shishumi, uh, that they, they evolve. They don't really grow older or whatever. That they are a certain way. And then when they, when their hearts get to be at a certain point, they transform into whatever their heart is. <laughs> whatever's in their heart yeah. and norg was this like grotesque beast and so that reflected what was in his heart was this grotesque hmm. beast and if you are a kind-hearted sashimi or whatever Sh- sushi sushi if you're a kind-hearted sushi you turn into a moomba so i love the moombas I they're so cute yeah i know Anyway, I mean, you important. you might be right too. I that's just not how I yeah. understood it, but I know that there was also I remember hearing somebody talk about the that they turn into an elder too. Yeah, but I don't know. Like there was no other nor or there was no other creature like Norg. So I kind of there assumed, was when you go to the village. Did you go to the village? I, d- I did go to the. Vi- I don't mean I don't mean that. I mean that there was no other creature grotesque like uh, Norg fair was. Enough. Where he was like this, Blech. he looked a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Huh. So anyway, Squall ends up fighting and killing Norg and ends the dispute with the garden. He finds Sid and he talks to Sid about Adia. Sid knew that Adia was a sorceress when they got married. He helped Adia build the garden. He helped Adia with the the seed concept and knew that at some point this may happen where Adia would lose control of her power and the seeds would be instructed to kill her. He knew that this was coming down the pipe, but it still hurts him to make any, uh, you know, to make any resistance against the sorceress because he loves Adia, even though she's crazy right now, he still loves her. She wasn't always a sorceress. Right, no, she wasn't. So, I'm assuming he knew her before she was a sorceress. Yeah, because they... Initially start off just as an orphanage. Yeah. Which then they begin to start forming, which you learn why later at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, we, start... can, we can talk a little bit about the history. The, the way I understand it is that after the Sorceress Wars, which happened in, I assume, Laguna's time... The Sorceress Wars, and and I think that that's mainly Adel, right? Yes. So the Sorceress Wars happen, and there's all these orphan kids because all the adults died in the war. Sid and Adia start up an orphanage and collect all these children to, you know, raise them. And then something happens, and they end up changing their plan of having an orphanage to having this large-scale orphanage slash 
um, military. Well, they're raising, like you said, cadets. Cadets, right? Yeah. So they they have this military academy, the garden, and then they you know keep expanding from there, where they have multiple gardens and stuff like that. So you know, yeah. Anyway, we'll cover it a little bit more, but that's a good like introduction to what what the past was like for that. Squall and Renoa are walking around. Um, a Galbadia seed ship shows up and is claiming to be Sorceress uh, Adia's seed. It's her seed ship. And Squall is very like, whoa, you know, is the Sorceress here? Do I have to kill you all? And the seeds on this ship are like, no, 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 we're fine. We just, we're looking for a loan. And Squall is very confused because he knows alone from the the dream sequences with Laguna, but he didn't know that alone was with the garden. Right. Sid shows up and agrees to let the seeds take alone and send Squall to go find her. When he finds alone, he it turns out to be that same girl that was in the library from earlier when you were walking yep. around with Renoa. He, she was saying that he should know her yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Well, he, she explains to him that she is his not sister, but his his, his sis. sis. That um, he you get. Throughout this entire story, you get these little tidbits of him as a child sitting in this, like, garden area, like, sis, when are you going to come back? And, like, he... He's so embarrassed. <laughs> Respect. I'm, I'm the same way when I think about myself. I think he just... <laughs> it was his most vulnerable moment, and that was the moment that he decided he can't rely on anyone anymore. Well... More importantly, too, he's he remembers these bits and pieces. He can't remember who his sis is, but he remembers missing her. Right. Because parts of his memory aren't what they used to be. Right, right. Once he realizes who Alone is, um, she kind of tells him that the events of him going to Laguna are orchestrated by her, but she doesn't give him any information other than she's doing it and yes it is the past and then that's it she goes onto the seed ship she does give squall a little tidbit of that squall is her only hope like squall wants nothing to do with it he's just like why am i involved in this whatsoever and she just tells him you're my only hope alone boards the seed ship and gets taken away uh, the garden ends up crashing into Fisherman's Horizon, because if you remember, the garden is currently free-floating off into the ocean. Sid sends Squall to apologize to the mayor. The mayor is Dobe, and Dobe. he Dobe. wants the seeds to be gone as soon as possible, because they do not support violence in any way. They're a very peaceful town. Any seed presence may... Bring um, more violence. Bring bring more bad people. And sure enough, it the does. Galbadia army shows up and starts tearing up the town. Selfie's team, if you remember, got blew up in the missile base self-destruction. Selfie's team shows up because they were still away on a tank that was sent to Fisherman's Horizon during this Galbadia terrorizing scene. The group destroys the tank and kicks all of the Galbadia forces out of Fisherman's Horizon. Selfie's group ends up joining back up with Squall. The group goes back to the garden and Sid declares that the seeds 
are going to pursue Adia. He assigns Squall as their new leader as Seed. Squall is not happy with this. <laughs> I don't at blame all. him. All of a sudden, your headmaster's like, "You take care of this now." And, and that <laughs> seriously is how it is too. I can't believe. We'll have to talk about that a little bit. I hope that I remember to talk about this a little bit because he really pushes literally everything. He just disappears. He just leaves. It's like, well, Sid just leaves. Like literally, Squall just graduated. I know. (laughs) So in any case, Squall is appointed as he's not the headmaster. He's just lead of Seed, but like essentially, he is like the leader of the garden. The the what is going on with Galbadia and everything? He's basically like. You're overseed now. You take care of this. Yes. Yep. But also, it's your problem now. The garden is moving though, so really, the whole garden at this point, anyway, is at Squall's mercy. Yeah. He really is in charge of everything. Right. <laughs> so with Squall's new promotion, Selfie decides to throw a little concert for him, and um, it's really this like ruse to try and get him and Renoa back together or together in some way. But it really ends up being that Renoa tries to talk Squall into having feelings for the group. That, you know, the whole group likes him and trusts his judgment and trusts his leadership that he needs to be able to trust his friends too. And he's always been a loner. You know, he really just wants to be left out of it. But now as a leader, he has to be able to trust others to take holds of some aspect of things too. The mayor ends up sending some repairmen to go and fix the control panel so that the garden can be fully functional again. And leave. And, <laughs> yeah, and leave Get Fisherman's out. Horizon. Get out of my swamp. They're able to leave. And they, they decide to head back to Balam. Oh, right, because they're looking for a loan. Right? Why well, did they go back to Blam? Just to that regroup? was just I think so because all that had happened. So they're like, okay, well, let's go back to Blam, and that's when you see the Galbadia Garden back yeah, at Blam. So Blam is a little island, and the Blam Garden is what you're in currently, and you're like neighbors. There is a Blam <laughs> city that is next door to the garden when it was stationary. And so you head back to Blam City, or town, or whatever, and you find that the Galbadia army is there, and they're looking for a loan. As you try and kick out the Galbadia army, you find that Fujin and Raijin are actually the ones leading this search for a loan. They say that they're not dedicated to Galbadia necessarily, or even the sorceress, but they stand by Cypher. So they're kind of doing whatever Cypher wants them to do. As a posse does. Right, yeah, as posses they do. They were way too dedicated to Cypher, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, what's funny is, is they act like... They really don't want to be doing well, this kind of... They act like they knew it was wrong to be doing all these things, yet they still were following through with these terrible orders. I don't, I don't know, it's weird. I wondered if they didn't quite understand why Cypher wasn't acting very Cypher-like. Yeah, so they maybe. just were kind of trusting him at first, and you kind of see slowly that they're just like, there's something wrong. They're realizing that yeah. he's not him. After Fujin and Raijin leave uh, Blam Garden, or Blam's town, Selfie talks to Squall and says that she wants to go to Terabia Garden. Terabia? Terabia or Trabia. I thought it was Trabia. 
I, anyway. Words are very hard. <laughs> if you've made it this far. I know. <laughs> she wants to go to the garden to see if there's any survivors left. And so they head there and they find that the garden is heavily damaged by the missile attack. Uh, but there are a few survivors. And Selfie is quite upset with the state of the garden, but she wants Squall to take her to fight Adia, you know, and, and kind of end this and get her revenge. For no real reason, and this is another one of those that I looked at this so hard to try and figure <laughs> out what the heck happened, but Irvine steps in kind of out of nowhere and is like, this reminds me of a time that I was in an orphanage. And starts talking about how he was in this orphanage with Selfie. And then they find out that not only Selfie was there, but Quistus and Zell and Cypher and Squall. And even alone, they were all in this orphanage together. Basically, they realize that their memories have been so pushed out to make room for the GFs because... I think Irvine, it's weird because of how Irvine brings it up, but the problem is he he does not use GFs, so his memory's fine, because they kind of find out that the GFs really kind of impact your memory a bit, which is kind of why you learn how Squall has these, like, he can't, he didn't remember alone. But he knew that his sis was missing? Yes. Yeah. And so Irvine, he says something like, you know, I've I've known you, he doesn't say it exactly, he, that he knew them, but they didn't act like they remembered him at all, but yeah. he remembered them. Right, it's just I guess from my point of view, it was weird that he brought this up at this point. Like, there was nothing to really prompt him to start talking about it, yet... Maybe. And, and I watched the sequence, like, three times to try and figure out what point he was trying to make, but I think it was just there... It was Square Enix's or Squaresoft's way of, like, easing this bit of storyline in. It is kind of absurd to, like... It was... He brought it up... The way that he brought it up was almost like, that reminds me of this time that I was in this orphanage, and then started talking about it. And it's like, it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, on the flip side, I'm kind of like this in real life. You think, I know this person, but they don't act like they remember me. So then you think, am I not remembering it right? Like, I'm pretty sure they should know who I am. So then it's like, well, this reminds me of this time in this orphanage. Oh my gosh, I was in yeah, the Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it was. Yeah, that's it true. It is kind of brought up weird, but like, when you first meet, you have to assassinate the sorceress, so it's like hardly the time to like, were you an orphan? <laughs> <laughs> were we all orphans together at some point? I think it was important probably at this point in time, so they had to figure out how to bring it into the story. Right. I understand that from a storytelling yeah. story point of view, but... It, is, it was just all of a sudden weird. When you're watching it... <laughs> You know, when you're thinking about it critically, you're watching the sequence and you're like, why did he even bring this up? This is like not really, he wasn't making uh, any point to what was happening because, okay, setting, resetting the scene here, Selfie is devastated because half of her friends have been killed. She's kind of mourning the loss of her friends. The this garden is in complete shambles. And Irvine's just like, hey, I was an orphan once. It's just, it didn't make any sense. And like, he, he acted like he was trying to make this point, but he never actually made any point. It was weird. In any case, they all find out that they were orphans together in the same orphanage and that Adia was the matron of this I orphanage. Think- 
That was her name, wasn't it? Matron? Ma- that's... I don't... I thought that she was just the matron. Maybe. But... They called her that, though. They that's did. what they called her. Matron. matron. I, it was weird. I wondered if that was a uh, translation issue, but I really don't know. So, in any case... um. They want to head to the orphanage to try and find clues as to what the heck happened to them and what happened to Adia to make her the way she is now. Uh, But as they start making their way to the orphanage, they find the Galbadia Garden and they have no choice but to enter into a clash battle of the two gardens. Because if you remember, the two gardens are now floating for some reason and... They just have this, like, floating garden battle fight. (laughs) You see this other garden, and while they're looking out, Renoa falls falls off the side of the garden. Yeah, Squall gives the orders to attack and defend the garden at all costs. Uh, Renoa, while trying to... I don't know what what she was trying to do. She was just trying to make it somewhere. And she ends (laughs) up falling off the the side of, like, a railing. Yeah, because the whole garden is getting, like, Yeah, because the whole garden is getting attacked, so, like, bits and pieces are falling off, and she ends up being off the side of the garden, barely holding on, and Zell finds Squall and says, hey, you need to go save Renoa, and Squall runs and saves Renoa, He doesn't want to at first. (laughs) He's the leader, to be fair, and everyone's like, why aren't you saving this one person, and the whole place is falling to shambles? I thought the same thing, like, Squall has so much on his plate, and I didn't even put it in my notes, but I kind of want to talk about it now. <laughs> like, in the middle of all this craziness, Zell, like, wants Don't Squall's ring. Don't you even care? Ring. No, oh, yeah, Squall that's wants right. Zell's, <laughs> Zell wants Squall's ring, and Squall's just like, uh, okay, here's my ring. And then Zell gives it to Renoa, and Renoa gives it back to Squall. Squall says he doesn't want it and gives it back to Renoa. Well, Squall no. says that Renoa can hold on to it. I don't know. In any case... <laughs> You you've got it a little a little messed up, but it's it doesn't matter. Let's, it, the, let's... the point is things are stupid right now. I They're don't... in the middle of this battle, and Squall should just be focusing on that. And yes. his friends are pulling him in all sorts of different directions for no reason. I they should not have faulted him for he sent someone to help save Renoa, and if, and they're if it just was like me, I can't. Well, in my <laughs> mind, if it was me. I'm taking care of this whole garden full of so many different people, I and I think I'm sending this person that I trust, my friend, to go save my other friend. And then when they come back and they're like, why aren't you saving your other friend? It's like, <laughs> it was your job. <laughs> I specifically asked you to do this. I know. In any case, <laughs> after Squall saves Renoa, they end up on the ground level where the fight is kind of taking place. Um, between the two gardens and Squall and Renoa and I think most of the rest of the group goes into the Galbadia garden and tries to find Adia. The party ends up taking on Cypher and Adia head on. After the fight though, Renoa ends up getting possessed and heals Cypher and Cypher runs off and then the entire party blacks out. When Squall wakes up, Renoa is in this like coma state and Squall heads to the orphanage to find that Adia and Sid are waiting to talk. Sid tells him that he was in this like no win situation where basically 
if he sends the seeds in to fight, either his wife is going to die or the seeds are going to die and the world will come to an end. In my opinion, that's, uh, you know, you don't have much of a choice, but, you know, whatever. But Squall did manage to save both because Adia is in fact alive and is in the orphanage with Sid. However, Adia isn't the same person that she was before. And she talks outright how Adia was um, possessed by this sorceress from the future called Ultimicia. And Ultimicia is specifically seeking to find alone in order to achieve this great power. Her power. Alone's power. Al- alone's power, but to achieve greater power than that. Like, Well, she. You, you find this out later. I had to go digging for this. She needs to go further into the past. And sh- she cannot do that without Alone's power. So she's there trying to capture Alone to, yes, go even further so that she can achieve. Right, and... And I understood that. I understood that from the storyline. I see. And we'll we'll go into it a little bit when we get further on. But but yeah, so and and actually this sequence is really funny because Adia is explaining all this about Ultimicia, and the whole time Squall is solely focused on Renoa. And he finds out that he loves Renoa and he just wants to save Renoa. It's so unnatural. It is. so unnatural. It comes out of nowhere. Well, not only that, but like Renoa clearly is very infatuated with Squall. Not at first, but after she kind of gets over Cypher, she is like head on. That's why she wants his, his ring so she can make a replica. And he wants nothing to do with it. He acts like he doesn't really care. He, because he he's a loner. Yes. He wants to do everything by himself. He'd be fine if, you know, every mission was by himself. And he goes from that point to just all of a sudden his world is obsessed with her. He didn't go save her when she was falling off the garden. She's not Zelda to do it. I know. And it just was this it, unnatural progression. I thought the same thing when I came to this part. I was just, it seemed really, very strange. Renault's obsession with him, while a little more natural than Squall's, I thought was so annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, in any case, yes, yeah, Squall is very. Renoa. While, while they're talking about this. Yeah, and if you really listen to what is trying to say, you find out that Ultimicia is planning on using Alone's power to travel into the distant past to achieve time compression. And she talks about it here, though I don't think Squall even realizes it until later in the story. In any case... Squall goes back to Renoa, but ends up passing out into another Laguna dream, where Laguna is trying to make money on the side by acting in a movie. Uh, Laguna finds, at the end of the dream sequence, Laguna sees this uh, floating pillar off in the distance, and then Squall kind of wakes up. Alone is able to actually talk to Squall now. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Alone uses this Laguna dream connection to have a conversation with Squall, about trying to change trying to the past. change how the past works out. Alone explains that she's unable to change the past, but um, she was trying to get it to where Laguna goes back to Rain before Rain died. What's interesting is throughout the Laguna dreams, they kind of talk about fairies because you sometimes you have the option yeah. of choosing like what am I? What's going on? Like your squall, and Laguna says stuff like, "Oh." It must be the fairies again. 
And I mean, which is of course them having experience. So like squall. in some way he is experiencing something, which exactly. is very interesting. And I think that alone would recognize that Squall's time in the past is influencing because everything is in a loop, nothing changes because it already happened. I don't know. Timey wimey stuff. Yeah, time time travel stuff is difficult. So yeah, you kinda learn that he was unable to go back to rain before she right, yeah. ends up passing away. Alone does explain that she can't really influence the past. Squall asks Alone to send him back to Renoa's past. Like before she so that is he, possessed. Yeah, almost. basically he wants to figure out what the heck happened to Renoa during that time before she went into a coma. And Squall is told that Alone's powers only work on people that she has been in contact with. And because she hasn't been in contact with Renoa, she can't do that. The goal instantly becomes to find Alone and help save Renoa, really. You need to find the seed ship, which I could not find. It took me forever to find. The funny thing is, I remembered where the seed ship was, but I did my events in the wrong order, so I was looking for the seed ship before it was actually there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was annoying. Uh, and we'll talk about that more when we get to this talking about the story. We're not even... We're almost there. We're, we we'll get there. there. Good. Yeah, we're only like two pages away, so we're almost there. Bear with us. We're going through it pretty quick, honestly. I was expecting it to take a lot longer. The goal becomes to find alone uh, before anyone else does, and they're trying to find that Galbadia seed ship. Um, really, if they find alone, they can help Renoa, is Squall's goal. Even though that's kind of it's the only goal. thing he has to go on right now is he wants right. well he wants to get alone so that she can meet Renoa and hopefully send him right back to the but past. like also he knows that sorceress Ultimicia is, is looking after, for alone yeah, so like it's a double like win two win. birds one stone exactly Adia gives Squall a handwritten letter to give the seed ship when they find it because it's her seed it's ship. her it's her seed ship right. And when they do finally find the seed ship, they figure out that Alone is no longer with them because she jumped overboard to make it to an S-star ship. There's also a little bit of information that I'd like to talk about where basically Adia made this seed ship as a secondary orphanage and garden, more or less. So it's kind of... It's not part of the Galbadia garden. It's not part of Blam garden. It's not part of... Uh, Tariba <laughs> Trabia, whatever, whatever garden, it is. Selfies garden. Anyway, it's its its own thing. And that group was specifically dedicated to help hide away alone. The team end up docking back over at Fisherman's Horizon. They're going to Esthar. Well, Squall... Because that's who, kid, who took alone. Right, yeah, that was the goal to go to Esthar, but like... Squall takes it upon himself to just carry yeah. Renoa all the way there. So Fisherman's Horizon's like in the middle of an ocean, but it's connected by a train rail that is transcontinental. And Squall carries Renoa on the train rail over to the other continent to make it to Esthar. 
as he's walking there on foot, um, the rest of the group catch up with him. They were already there. Yeah, I know. How? It was stupid. <laughs> and they don't even bring up the fact that Squall left without telling anyone. He just like, it, hey, bud, we've been so waiting. Dumb. Yeah, Took you long it's enough. It's really dumb. <laughs> Dia is with the group. And her goal is to go to Esthar to meet with Dr. Odine to help her suppress her magic to avoid being possessed again. They walk through this, like, desert area, and they find a force field that leads them to the advanced city of Esthar. Basically, there was an invisible force field that was covering the city and the group find this like one panel of the force field that's loose and then they make their way into the city. It was actually really cool. Yeah. I thought it was really neat. Just as they make it into town, Squall enters yet another Laguna dream where Laguna, Kairos, and Ward are all prisoners in Esthar. Again, during the Adele, Adel, um, yeah. Adel the rain, sorceress. Yeah. They're imprisoned, and they are working in the lunatic Pandora lab. Laguna finds that there's a resistance group trying to overthrow the sorceress. He also finds that Dr. Odine is currently doing research on the lunatic Pandora, but also on alone. At the end, Laguna is able to achieve his goal and rescue alone, but agrees to help the resistance group as well. So... Did we cover that now we we understand that Laguna is now trying to find alone after Rain has passed away because they she was kidnapped. I think at the end we'll have to talk about Laguna's timeline yeah. because it's kind of convoluted. You have to slowly learn it, but yeah, it is kind of like I, mumbly jumbly time travel. The research <laughs> uh, to to answer your question, the research that I've done on the game, I think that Laguna lost track of time and Rain died. Yes, and, and it wasn't anything that like he just he just <clears throat> forgot. He just forgot to go back to Rain, and it, it's sad. But that's that's kind of what that's kind of what the game tells us. Um. So anyway, Squall wakes up and continues his hunt to find Doctor Odine. And when he does, he agrees to help Adia, but also wants to study Renoa. Squall really wants to go to sea alone, but the only way for him to sea alone is to be shot off into space. Squall agrees to go to space, but insists that Renoa goes with him, because obviously the goal is to get Renoa and alone in the same room together. To get Renoa alone. <laughs> <laughs> so Squall gets sent off to space with Renoa. And I think you get one other party member too, don't you? Yeah, I, um, I went with Irvine. <clears throat> I had selfie. <laughs> so anyway, Squall and uh, I was gonna say Squall and Irvine. Squall and Renoa <laughs> make it back to space or make it out to space, where they are at a space station, and the space station is specifically studying the moon and its weird phenomenons, along with managing Sorceress Adel, who the world thinks that Adel <laughs> just disappeared because uh, they don't know what happened to her. But obviously the people of Esthar knows. Um, they found they find out that Adel is being held in space with a very special machine that seals her power, but is also in this like middle gravitational pull between the moon and the earth. And it's like this spot where she has very little 
outside influences to be able to help her. Squall finds alone, finally, and he asks her to go and meet Renoa, and all of a sudden, while they're trying to find Renoa, Renoa becomes possessed once again and manages to deactivate the machine that's holding Adel and steals the spacesuit and starts drifting off into space towards Adel. Adel, Adele, we don't know. Hello from the other side. <laughs> so during this time that Squall's in space, the lunatic Pandora starts floating over the city of Esthar. On Earth. On yes. Earth, right. It's heading towards the spot on Earth that can summon monsters from the moon. For the lunar cry. The lunar cry. So in space, you're able to see that the monsters on the moon are starting to gather in a very specific spot that the people on the space station recognizes as a lunar cry. And the lunar cry has happened in the past, which is why the Earth is currently covered in monsters. Because the, pan the lunatic Pandora is in its spot, the lunar cry begins and the monsters start rushing towards the Earth that have created this, like, droplet. And Adel gets swept away in with the monsters, and Renoa gets pushed off into space. Adel is then caught by the lunatic Pandora back on Earth. The people on board the space station get evacuated because of the lunar cry that's happening and the space station gets destroyed yes. by the monsters that are coming down. The escape pods have Squall and Alone and Renoa in them. Or no, sorry. Renoa is floating off into space. I forgot about that. Squall asks Alone if she can send him to Renoa's past. He does end up seeing that Renoa is possessed by Ultimecia. Renoa is currently drifting off into space unconscious. Squall's able to talk to Renoa using Alone's powers and tries to force her to just hold on, trying to give her as much hope as possible. He does end up leaving the escape pod, drifts off into space, and finds Renoa, where they're able to Make find this... Um, the Ragnarok. Yeah, they're able <laughs> to find this ship that's floating around yep. in space after the space station was destroyed. As it's rotating, did you notice that you could read Esthar on the side I of it? I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, I noticed that on my next that's playthrough. Cool. You realize it belongs to that space station, if you will. Right, yeah. Now, you get hints of this later, that it's part of the space station anyway, but yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> that's cool. They find the ship that's floating off into space, and they manage to board that ship. And while they're on board, they see that it's being overrun by stowaway monsters. They manage to clear out all the monsters, and Renoa tells Squall that they can't really stay together anymore, basically because Renoa is now a sorceress. And, you know, the fancy... Music, music plays and i mean they have this moment of thank you for saving me and squall tries to tell her that he loves her but renoa is so like no 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 i'm you a sorceress now yeah exactly <laughs> so anyway they set a course back for earth and when they do get to earth renoa agrees to get taken by esthar people to be sealed away kind of like adel was 
so that her powers can't be misused by Ultimecia. The group then makes it back to the airship where they meet up with Squall, and when Squall tells them about Renoa, they kind of get upset. They get really angry Why at Squall. Why did you do that? Why would you let her just leave? That's crazy. Like, it doesn't matter if she's a sorceress. She's our friend. I feel like that the only responsible adult in this entire game is Squall. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I understand. It's like, yeah, you could end all of us. Like, you probably should be sealed up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, thankfully it works out in the end, but, like, that was dangerous. You know, I have to say that throughout most of the story, I've been like, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. And then he does these things, and then his friends are like, why, why would you, you do, do that? This? And it's like, no, no, that was a good option <laughs> here. That was, I'm like, uh, he I'm made pretty a good sure decision. I would have made that decision. <laughs> Yes, that is a good, responsible thing to do. <laughs> also, Zell is able to kind of give Squall the state of the world. He tells Squall that Adia is no longer a sorceress because she didn't really realize it, but she ended up giving her powers to Renoa when Ultimecia left her body. Galbadia is now controlling the lunatic Pandora and is the one summoning the monsters from the moon using the crystal pillar that is inside of the lunatic Pandora. Adel is inside the lunatic Pandora and is currently recovering from her time in space. Squall still focuses on Renoa and wants to get her back as soon as possible. So they head to Esthar to try and find her and they're met with like little to no resistance on trying to get her back. So now with Renoa back in the party, the group makes their way back to the orphanage so that Renoa can kind of talk to Adia to try and figure out her powers. This is where they go to this like flower field behind the orphanage and Renoa tells Squall that if they ever get separated during this whole ordeal, that they can always meet back in this flower field. I think Squall says that. It doesn't matter. They both say it. At the same time, it's crazy. Well, it is important. Yeah, it is. That if they ever get separated, that they'll always be waiting at that place. Uh, and they and they make that promise to each other. I don't know who says it necessarily, but that's mm -hmm. it, it's <laughs> this moment of, you know. Yeah. They get a message from Esthar that tells them that the president wants to contract Seed for a new job. And the group only agrees to meet in Esthar because it's signed by... Kiros. They kind of had this moment of maybe it's a trap to get Renoa back. And then it's like, well, it's signed by Kairos. So like, maybe, maybe it's should. legit. We should probably go anyway. So when they make it back to Esthar, they meet up with the president of Esthar, who ends up being Laguna. Laguna explains that the resistance group that he worked with in the past, they sunk the lunatic Pandora into the sea. They were able to lure Adele or Adel to the lunatic Pandora lab where they trapped her in this power sealing machine that Dr. Odine created. Then they used the Ragnarok ships to launch her into space and has been keeping her under control for all these years. Esthar then named Laguna president because he was the only one who really Just took charge this, of the whole thing. Yeah. Dr. Odine steps in and explains that Ultimecia has very similar powers to Alone because of a machine that he is currently building in present time, 
but has perfected in future time. And, you know, iterations of updates have given Sorceress Ultimicia the ability to travel into the past. However, Ultimicia is hunting alone because her power will allow her to achieve time compression. Not really sure what Ultimicia's ultimate goal is here of time compression. I know that she wants to be able to reign over all of the world in time compression, but I don't really the understand. Way- is she is she pulling something like Sephiroth, where in killing everyone, she's the sole master think, of the universe? I think so, what? yes. I was reading on this, because uh, you have to really dig for some of this information. Sure, yeah. The reason why she knew what Renoa had to help seal her powers is because of stuff that had happened when she was, as she was ascending, like through her power and stuff. Of course, the seeds tried to eradicate her. She kind of just spirals and is just, no, I am the one and only and all. I see. I get you. I believe that was my interpretation. Dr. Odine continues to say that the only way to kill Ultimicia is to travel into the future and kill her physical body, but because they currently can't travel forward in time, they can only use alone to travel back in time, they're constructing a plan to be able to allow Ultimicia to compress time, but they're going to use alone to interrupt the time compression so that Squall can meet up with Ultimicia to be able to finish her off. The goal is to keep Ultimicia under temporary control, and the only way to do that is to rescue alone and stop Adele currently, because right now Ultimicia is able to possess Adele being that Adele is also a sorceress. So because Renoa is a sorceress, Adele is a stronger sorceress, so Ultimicia wants to Mm -hmm. control Adele, which is why she's in the lunatic Pandora to begin with. But if the group is able to finish off Adele, and Adele is forced to give Renoa her power, then Ultimicia will be forced to use Renoa for the time compression, and then alone will be able to have a mental link with Ultimicia through Renoa that can force the time compression to stop in the middle, letting the team get to Ultimicia to kill them. It's a mess. It, it's a mess. <laughs> it's crazy. Then Laguna tells the group that the way that they're going to be able to get back to their own existence is to simply believe in their existence and believe in themselves. Believe in magic. Believe in your friends and believe in yourself. And you (laughs) are you. It's really kind of cheesy, but like that's the only way to do it. It's their only plan. Like basically, it's just like. You probably won't come back, but if you just believe, maybe Maybe. you will. (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of what it seems like. And really, I find it strange that they have no proof of what time compression even really is. And they weren't even sure it was going to work. Well, and this like stopping time compression in the middle and maybe it will heal and go back to normal is like, yeah, maybe. Or we could all implode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't know. They don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, so they go ahead and go with this crazy plan. The group starts by flying the Ragnarok directly into the Lunatic Pandora, and they're able to enter using the ship's hatch. They meet up with Fujin and Raijin, who are still staying loyal to Cypher, 
but they quickly get beaten back, and Fujin and Raijin both feel like Cypher is being manipulated, and they set alone free. Cypher and Squall have one last battle where um, Cypher gets defeated, but he ends up kidnapping Renoa and takes her to Adele, who uses Renoa's energy to gain her own strength back. The group does fight and defeat Adele and forces Ultimacia inside Renoa. With Alone's help, the time compression begins. Squall has the group focus on Adia's house to keep their existence alive. And this does work, and time begins to compress, and they have to fight a bunch of sorceresses through time while the time compression is happening. They finally land in the orphanage, and time is stable. They see Ultimacia's castle off into the distance, and when they enter the castle, they find that it's under layers of magic protection. Squall has to fight all of these guards that are guarding Ultimacia's castle, and each guard protects... Or like a, each, just like a seal on yeah, each, everything. Each, each guard has a seal that breaks, so as Squall defeats a, um, a guard, one of the seals break, and some of those are like... Um, healing, reviving, right. using items, using saves, using uh, basically everything you need to play a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, literally the first the first guard that you fight. All you can do is attack. All I you think. can do is attack. Yeah. And then you can slowly unlock bits and pieces of your score. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but as your, your goal is to unlock as much as possible so that you can fight Ultimacia. When you finally get to Ultimacia, she summons her GF named Griever, who is the most powerful he, GF. She pulls it out of Squall's mind. Oh, does she? Yes, because that's his I, idea of the ultimate GF. Uh, I see. I didn't know that that was his ring's name, mm -hmm. and I knew that there was a connection there, but I didn't think much of it. But it's a really cool looking GF. Yeah, though. it is really cool. <laughs> she junctions herself yeah, so to it. Griever is defeated, and then Ultimacia junctions herself to the dead Griever body, which is very strange, and it looks just as strange as it sounds. And after that form of Ultimacia is died, she shows her true form. Um, Squall and the rest of the party are able to defeat Ultimacia, and time begins to decompress. The party members make every effort possible to make their way back to their own time. However, Squall miscalculates or does something wrong, and he ends up in the past, past in past from his his timeline where Adia is still part of the orphanage and or she's just matron there squall tells Adia about this the plan of seed and the gardens and squall basically gives her all of the ideas of everything that he is before it even happens, so she's the reason why seeds exist. But also, he's but the reason also why. he's the reason why. But it's like the t completing that time loop. Ultimacia follows Squall to this time point in time this that point he's been in stuck in. But Adia recognizes her as a sorceress in need of transferring her power so that she can 
finally rest in peace. So Adia welcomes in Sorceress Ultimicia's power and becomes the Sorceress herself. And then the entire sequence of the beginning of the game starts over again. But Adia sends Squall back into the time decompression and Squall has to try and make his way back to his own timeline. He kind of gets lost along the way. It's like a fever dream. It really is. It is it's terrifying. Crazy. <laughs> when I first played this game, I had no idea what the heck was going on. But that's also because I didn't read anything. So <laughs> it's like a glitch in the system. Yeah, it really is. It's so it's such a weird ending. It looks really good, but it's very strange. Squall gets lost in time and he kind of gives up. And just as he's giving up and he's losing his sense of self, Renoa shows up and rescues him and brings him to the flower field where they're supposed to meet. And that's kind of it. They make their way back to present time and everything is hunky-dory. Well, they, they try to allude that maybe he didn't make it till you make it to like the very last scene of yeah. everything. So like the end credits go through. You see there's like a recording going on. Yeah. Which during is, the credits, there's a little like tidbit of the after party of Ultimicia and everybody's having this good time and they're all hanging out. And you see Renoa just, like, sitting by herself on a balcony. But then at the very end of the credit sequence, then you see Squall there with her. The cheesiest smile I know, ever. I it's know. so bad. And then they fly off on the garden into the moon, and then they're all safe. You do see some other little bits and pieces, like... It was nice seeing Matron actually dressed how she's supposed to be dressed. Yeah, I know. It was nice. <laughs> like, but, she kept her outfit the whole time. But also... <laughs> So you saw Laguna yeah. when he proposed to Rain so that you see that like Laguna and Rain at one point were married and you see that you see Laguna at Rain's gravesite so like he's paying respects and you see alone with Laguna. Did you make the connection that Rain and Squall or Rain and Laguna are Squall's parents? No, no. It, it took me researching they, the story for me to figure that even out. Even Kiros and Warder, like, you look just like him. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I didn't really understand what they were talking about. Before we go into our thoughts of the story, I kind of want to talk about Laguna's story a little bit because it's worth talking about. Basically, you, when you're playing the game, you get bits and pieces of Laguna's story that don't fully make sense until you unpack it a little bit more. Laguna is a soldier in the army. He gets recruited and he meets up with Ward and Kairos um, and they do their army stuff. After their time in the excavation site, they leave the army and they spend some time trying to recover. They kind of do their own things afterwards. For example, Ward is then in the prison. Kairos is just kind of traveling. I don't know what he's doing. And Laguna goes to Windhill, where he meets with Rain and alone. alone. There, he marries Rain, presumably impregnates her while he's there. Uh -oh. But then Alone gets kidnapped by Esthar. So Laguna goes on this adventure trying to get alone back and safe 
and he gets roped up into this sorceress Adel resistance group where he, he sends a lo- he finally gets alone because of course they have alone right and he sends alone back to rain but rain ends up dying and alone gets um uh, sent, sent to, to the, the orphanage. orphanage with squall it makes sense why squall would consider alone sis because and there is enough evidence in the game to say definitively that Laguna and Rain are Squall's parents. And I've been able to research this. It's it's absolutely yeah. in the game. Laguna, because he's so wrapped up in the stuff happening in Esthar, he just forgets. He just forgets about Rain. He like forgets Laguna. about all the stuff. He still knew that he wanted to get back to Windhill, but because he was so roped up in being the president of Esthar, he just forgot. And then Rain dies, and he just didn't really think of anything about that until he got worded that um, Alone was being kidnapped and hunted down again by uh, Adia. So, you know, you kind of see how this ties in a little bit. And Alone's ultimate goal wasn't so much to send Squall into the past as much as it was that she was using Squall to help change the past so that Laguna would get a chance to meet Squall as a baby because Rain wanted Laguna to see the baby. And he never did. Until, you know, Squall's now an right. adult. <laughs> so, yeah. That's... So, yeah. Oh, and another tidbit that I thought was interesting. Um, at one point you hear of, remember Julia in oh, one of the, yeah, yeah. one of Laguna's story arcs where Ju- Julia is this uh, m- musician and he goes into her bedroom and, you know, he, he really had the hots for Julia for sure, but... Nothing ever happened. Well, it turns out that Julia ended up getting married to um, General, General Caraway. Caraway. Caraway? Caraway. And they end up making a baby, Renoa. <laughs> so, yeah, they almost end up being siblings. Uh, very close to being siblings. Yeah, very close. <laughs> you know that she ends up dying? Julia? Yep. In a car crash. Really? How did you hear that? Um, I had, I looked it up. But you find out the information if you if you can get it in your menu screen, you can actually find the information there. You have to like dig for that information. It's there's so much information in this game, and there's so much stuff that obviously we didn't touch every single thing. Also, by the way, welcome back if you skip to the time. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> this time compression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the end of the story. Um, we are going to start talking about our personal thought we talked a little bit about it while we were talking about it so if you still want to listen to the full story you can but um i feel like we did a really good job that that went really well um but but yeah there's there's stuff about this story that can go so much deeper i've heard theories that squall was never really alive to begin with that this was all just a big dream or something i don't really know how there's a lot of fan but like it makes the story, the way that I've explained it, makes sense. I mean, he he did the time compression thing. The ending is so weird, though. I wish that they would have made the ending a little bit more, Butters. less, <laughs> a, a little bit less weird. Fever dream, yeah. as you said. Yeah. So I've done a lot of talking. What do you think about the story? <laughs> you know, I loved this at the very beginning. The story and everything. 
but pretty much the last half of the game, while there is so much information, it's just too crazy for the first half of the game. It's just, when you, anytime you're dealing with time, it's like, ah, uh, it, it gets weird. It's nice that they had it come, kind of come full circle at the end, but it just, I, they didn't do bad, but they didn't do good. I feel like Final Fantasy games do this a lot, where the first part of the game is so based in reality and then the second part of the game is like, let's wait, go to the moon. <laughs> and the space part made sense. Right. For you Final know, Fantasy, and, yes. and it was Well, really, in, yeah, in, in the basis of the storyline, the space stuff made sense. But when you start talking about how they're going to start influencing time, and it's like, oof. Are you, you sure know, you want to go that route? <laughs> I would have. But again, it made sense. They did it in a pretty good way. Yeah. I feel like that Laguna storyline, I realize that there's a lot of information and a lot of different characters going on. It wasn't told the best. Like, you really got to sit down and see it all written out and really under like absorb it all. What is going on? What has happened? I feel like they kind of fall flat explaining a lone story. Yeah. Well, like, I think that they told it in a backwards way. You but she was so important. She was the reason why all this was happening. I know, I know it. <laughs> I know it. And what exactly is going on with her powers? What can and can't she do? And, you know, it's yeah, left she, open-ended for sure. She learned that she could not change time, but she could affect it in some way. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It was... <laughs> they only had so much time... <laughs> Pardon the pun to do to throw all that information, and I realize that that's a lot to have to explain. It's just I don't know. It I wasn't a bad story. I at have all to by say means. though that yeah, it, it was a good story. Like I enjoyed trying to figure it out, and even after the story ended, and I was left with a lot of questions, going back over everything again to write this the story out. It was like, oh, I understand this now. This makes sense. And and even when I found out, because I had no like, I had no idea that Laguna was Squall's yeah. dad. And I found this out, and I'm like, I have to do research on this. <laughs> I need proof. So as I was going through it and trying to find the proof that I needed, you start seeing, yeah, there are hints and bits and pieces that if you miss one line of dialogue, you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. And specifically after the um after the scene where Laguna is uh doing the movie and alone talks to squall she drops a big hint that laguna and rain had a baby and they kind of leave it at that and it's like well what happened to this baby who is this baby you know and it's like if you keep listening and right. keep paying attention to what's going on you see that now i have to say similar to final fantasy 7 the story is much deeper than the base story and every time you Every time you play the game, you're going to get different aspects of the story until you have it complete in your head. And I feel like if I were to play the game again, I would pick up on a lot of those little yeah. bits and pieces because I'd be looking for them. Where this time through, this this time, 
I just was trying to get the base game in full understanding, which I did. I feel like I got it really well, but there's a lot of side stuff that may have been missed or, you know, slid past me as I was playing. I, excuse me, I think that the character development between each other was very poor. I feel like that Squall, they were trying to enforce Squall kind of letting loose and trusting his party members. He never really did. His his love interest with Renault was not natural. Quistus's romantic interest with Squall was very flat. You know, it was really funny because she shows this, like, interest in Squall early on in the game. <laughs> He's like, yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, she's just like, well, I thought that I really loved Squall, but really, I just wanted to be his big sister. And then later on past that, she's like, you know, I really love Squall, but after Renoa yeah. came into the scene, I knew that I had no chance. And it's she, like, okay. Well, not only that, Quistus's character herself at the very beginning, she's a yeah, she is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she she's is. kind of a jerk. And she says, like, if someone... Because she would, like, finish Squall's sentences, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. That would make me really mad. And so for her to be like... I think they were trying to be like, she knows you so well. And it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I found that Squall was kind of annoying He was, sometimes. yeah. He had a lot of inner inner, inner monologues, monologues, and they were mean. They some of those I were really mean, mean in my about, inner monologues. Sometimes, yeah. if if people listen to mine too, they would think that I'm mean as well, even though I don't express them. But still, like we all think mean thoughts. But still, like he genuinely didn't care about anyone. Like no people. But that's that's what I'm saying though. Is even like. I feel like Selfie has no other actual impact on the characters besides Irvine, only because Irvine has an interest in her. Yeah. And Zell, everyone finds Zell annoying. Yeah. And really, like... Zell does awesome backflips in the cafeteria, though. <laughs> well, they have this the same background, which is cool, I guess. But I think that their story... It's just, they, they don't, they all don't click together like a team in my mind. Like, it's just not that well. They're kind of just, like, forced together. Yeah, really, yes. I don't think, I think in the real world, they would have just got off. Yeah, that would have done been their it. own thing. Yeah. I think that um, the 180 that Squall does when Renoa goes into much. a coma was bizarre. Like, you're right. I do love Renoa. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I then, can't believe I didn't save her after she almost died. Like, and that's, he obsesses over her out of nowhere. Like, it's not healthy. He, he cared about absolutely no one through the entire game. And he, and, and that stays true even after the 180 happens. But it's like during the part where she goes into a coma and then he carries her to Esthar and then takes her to the moon. Once she wakes back up, he doesn't care at all anymore. He wants to be alone again. But like while he while she was in a coma, he really wanted her back. <laughs> he, he kidnapped her body and took her to a completely different city. To a completely different country. country. Yeah. I it, it just it it was not natural. It was weird. It was very weird. Actually, it, it it was creepy in the sense like like if a, if that happened in real life, 
people would get arrested. <laughs> like he was like unhealthily like, oh my gosh, Renoa. Like, I, and here's my problem with this. He sends Zell to save Renoa as she's about to die. But like, until she goes into a coma, it's not real that she might really die. (laughs) Yeah, because literally in the storyline of the game, like he sends Zell to save Renoa and then gets upset that Renoa is still not saved and that he has to do it himself. Yet like an hour later, him and Renoa fight Adia and then... She Ult- almost dies Ult- again. Ultimicia sends it, um, Renoa into a coma, and then he's like, I love you. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you just got done saying, oh, why do I have to go save her? And then you go and I, I don't understand. Renoa's personality, I find, is really annoying, too. I really liked Renoa. I liked Renoa, too. Most of the time. But, but yeah, there were she things had that moments just... that were like, ugh. ugh. That's cringy. Okay, that's a little <laughs> above and beyond what you need to be. Yeah, I don't know if it was just her energy was a little too much, but... Cypher, too. I kind of found Cypher cringy even when he was normal Cypher. I He was meant to be this jerk. Like, he was meant to be... The, but like, he was meant to be the um, the rival because he's fair. essentially the negative squall. You know? I think if if it weren't for the fact that he's like I'm Ultimacia's knight, it's like but well, and there are theories too, and I don't really have much to back this up, but it kind of makes sense that the movie that Laguna shot with the dragon and the sorceress and, you know, remember that movie he had to use a gun blade. Mm-hmm. There are theories that that is, um, a movie that Cypher had watched as a kid and wanted oh, to be that night. That's again, funny. I don't know. I'm just saying that I had heard that somewhere. It's, it's just, interesting to think even, about. It's just the fact that he's saying it this way. It just, it's kind of cheesy, I guess, even for, and like Cypher is this, I do what I want. I'm my own person and blah, 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 yeah. blah. You guys, everyone sucks. I'm her knight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. And, and it could just be that he he never met a sorceress, let alone Maybe. one that took any interest in him. And I, he was like the perfect candidate for uh, a slave, essentially. Yes. I really liked how he kind of was self-destructing near the end. You, you could see his jacket was all jaggedy when you fight in that last fight, which I never is cool. Know, I never thought about you that. You didn't think yeah. about that. You really can see, even when Fujin and Rajan are like, we can't... It, like, Fujin actually speaks normal, because the whole time she only speaks in caps. Yeah. She finally is just like, we. it's pretty sad that we have to side with Squall on this. Like, we cannot follow you anymore, because they follow him the, mm. through the whole thing. And I, he, what's funny is, is he takes it. He's just like, yeah, that's fair. And then goes to do his own thing after that. Like, it doesn't punish him for it or anything. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm complaining a lot. Like the character part is really the worst of all of it to me. The c- character development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the story's still good. It could use some fine tuning and all that stuff, but really, I really liked the story. I did too, yeah. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it an 8 as well. Nice. Um, You know, I have to say, I've played this game, kind of, three times. <laughs> I played it when it first came out, when I was young, and I didn't understand the story 
whatsoever. Had no idea what was going on. It was very way over my head. I made no effort to read anything. <laughs> so I remember fighting... I remember fighting Adel, and I yeah. remember getting to the time compression stuff, but I could never beat the sorceress. And then I played it again um, about 10 years ago, give or take, when I was playing through all the Final Fantasies in sequence. And that time I played it just to get the story, and even then I didn't <laughs> get the story. Like... I was playing it really just to beat it. And that was my goal was to beat it, but I was just flying through it and I wasn't I wasn't paying attention right. to it at all. And now finally, finally, all these years later, I'm finally getting the story in and I freaking loved it. I just I was so invested all the way through the game to see where the heck they were going with Laguna and what what the deal was with Alone and who trying to really grasp the impact right. of what was so bad with sorceress Ultimacia. Like you understand that she's bad and she hates all humanity, but like what, why? what's driving her? Like, why, why does she care? Who is she? Where's she from? Like, not that the, all those answers are in right. the story, but you get bits and pieces of it. And it's a driving force to finish the game. And, the whole time when I was, the past few times that I played, I was scared to death to play this game <laughs> because I thought it was a hard game. But when you start playing it and you get through it and it's like, this wasn't a hard game at all. Like I had no problems getting through this game and here I thought it was hard. <clears throat> I did have a couple moments where I got lost and had no idea where to go. Um, the big one that I can remember is... You have to go to, you have to do the siege ship thing, but before that, you have to go to, so it's like you go to the garden, the, the destroyed garden, mm -hmm. where Selfie's from, and then you have to go to uh, see Renoa and do the dream sequence thing, and then you talk to Adia, and she gives you the letter to find the, the seed um, ship. ship. Yeah. And I missed the part where I had to go find Renoa. So here I am looking for, oh, like, I yeah. went and I talked to Adia, and she kind of gives you a hint that you're looking for a loan. So I just went straight down looking for the, for the seed ship. I had a vague remembrance of where it was, like, roughly. So I'm down there hunting and hunting and hunting and hunting. And then I'm like, maybe I'm completely wrong. So I started looking everywhere, hunting and hunting. And I'm like, what am I missing? I had to get the guide. I had to get the guide <laughs> and look up exactly what it was that I was missing. And I'm like, oh, you have to go and do the Renoa thing first. And then I was back on track. And then the rest of the game went pretty well. But yeah, it took some time for me to figure that out. And I I have to say, I'm. I probably would have given it a nine if it wasn't for that fact alone. If there, there, and there were a few times. Not that was just one good example, but there were a few times that they kind of left things super vague as to where you're going next, and not give you any real direction. Yeah. Where all the games one through seven have been very clear. Head to the west, look for this thing. Head to the south, look for this you town. You really have to pay attention well, and, and I, game, I yeah. felt like I was, but 
The littlest miss, thing you miss, yeah. It's, well, I miss that I had to go and talk to Renoa, but there is no prompt to do that. Mm-hmm. You just have to want to. And when you do that, then you ex- you know, you know, move the story forward, but you have to want to do that. But there is no prompt for it, so I don't know how yeah. I was supposed to just hmm. know. It's just interesting that, you know, it, again, there were things... Yeah. Not not just that sequence individually, right. but there were, there things, were things along the way that I had problems with. It would have helped. Just this one. Yeah, but they they should have been a little bit more clear or on like, which way we were going. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So you you said you gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I gave it an eight. Yeah, that's fair. So let's go ahead and move on to graphics. I feel like we beat the story to death, like we usually do. I played the remastered version. And it was terrible. It was so bad. It was so bad because they, 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 so they, they took, they made new character models for your characters. And the character models look great. They are great. They really are. And they did a few NPCs and the NPCs they didn't do, they left them in a static background. You could talk to the static background NPCs. I was at one point, it looked like I was talking to nothing, and they started talking to me back. <laughs> it uh, was so distracting and uh, frustrating. And I just thought, I understand it would have, like, especially, I think it was in Delling City with the pres or Caraway and stuff. Like, there's a lot of NPCs on the background and stuff. And I understand it would have been a lot of work, but, like, it would have been the only city almost. Like, I would have even understood the rest of them, but. It was bad, and it was frustrating the way that they cut stuff out, because you could clearly see it cut out when you're walking by, and this is just from my experience. I still gave it a 9 out of 10, because really, for what the graphics were, like when you play the original game, which I saw kind of anyway in this in the remastered version, was not that bad. Mm. The 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 motion videos that you get, like the cut scenes and everything really nice yeah really really nice i gave it a 10 out of 10 oh yeah um i played it i played the original version and yeah it's pixelated it's an old game uh it looks it's it's so much better than final fantasy 7 as far as graphic quality goes they had way more cutscenes in this game like every major thing that happened they gave it a cutscene, and it was beautiful and it was worth it and you watch the cutscene, you're like oh what an awesome game like the ragnaroks yeah shooting off into space it's like a 30 second clip looks phenomenal i would watch it again in a heartbeat it just looks so good every time they showed squall in a cutscene or renoa or any of the characters they looked amazing the cutscene with um sorceress uh Adel? No, um, Adia, where she's getting up out of the chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It just looks awesome. Oh, the parade where they're all dancing. Yeah. Oh, man. It's just, it's so cool. The intro. The intro is really cool. The glitching at the end. Yeah, I agree. It was. Yeah, the, the ending is, the ending is weird, but, like, it's supposed to be weird. It's supposed to be the the time decompressing and and squall getting lost in his thoughts right. and not being able to remember and you understand that just by without dialogue without you know any talking whatsoever right. you understand what's going on and it's just i feel like visually it was a stunning game 
there were small, very minute complaints that I have. Obviously, <laughs> it didn't matter enough to give right. it a nine. But, like, sometimes the character models that were... When they when the characters were really far from the camera, their legs were like a single pixel. Oh, yeah. And so they were very jagged. We would make fun of that and stream a few times. <laughs> like, man, <laughs> Renoa's legs are so skinny. <laughs> oh, Zell. Zell, like, yeah, yeah. And his huge pants. But no, I mean, all all everything was so awesome. The backgrounds looked really good. Some of them had like a uh, a focus transition. So like, if you're further out yeah. in the background, it would be focused on the back part of the background, and then as you walk closer to the camera, it would refocus. It that was just a neat little effect that they didn't um, have to add in there, but there it was. They're GFs. There's quite a few unique to eight GFs. Mm-hmm. And some of their monsters. Yep. And they're, like, iconic to me. They're iconic. Like, oh, yeah, that's from 8, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, The magics look all look yeah. really, really good. The The GFs themselves, their, like, moves were really cool. That was a weird sound. They were really cool. Though I didn't really use them at all. Oh, I did. And, and we'll and we'll talk about that more in gameplay, but yeah, I I didn't really see all of the GFs like after I got I want to say like after I got Cybrus, I never used a GF again. Like I I didn't even junction GF as a function in my party. Oh, really? <laughs> like I didn't even use it. <laughs> um the cutscenes were amazing. We talked about um the overworld looked really cool and how it was dynamic to oh, yeah. how the story was involving like you see the lunatic Pandora as it's floating around. You see, you know. I liked uh, Asthar, the way you could kind of walk around the city oh, yeah, and, and the like overworld. fenced off. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. Um, I, You want to just move on to gameplay? I mean, we talked about it. So, I mean, I understand your score because. Yeah. Um, <sighs> gameplay, I didn't have much of a complaint. There were some things, though. Um, about the junction system, I know people don't like it. I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't either. I spammed drawing on almost I did too. everything. It got to the point where I was overpowered by the last half of the game. And I had a little bit of troubles with Ultimacia only because of timing. Like, I had poor timing on things getting cast at a certain time. Yeah. Um, But it gets to the point where almost... They're, the game helps you in a way that you really don't need to have a whole lot of thought process into it. It's just all you got to do is draw all the magic you can and just auto select it. And all of a sudden your HP is at like nine, 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 nine. I have to say that the junction system was very clever in, in how they executed it. <clears throat> and the way that you can play the game on low level too, and that is a game mechanic. Yeah. That isn't just when I when I came into this because I knew that that was a game mechanic. I knew that that was a way that people were playing the game is on as low level as possible, but I didn't understand it, and I kind of thought that it was something that like the game didn't scale with the story. The game scaled with your level. And I thought that that was just a glitch of the game. So, like, I didn't understand it. But then as you as you are doing, like, the seed um, questions to level yeah. up your rank, <laughs> one, one of the questions is, like, the 
the enemy's levels depend on your levels or something like that. And it's like, this is a game mechanic. They planned that to happen. So it's just weird when, you know, that being that game mechanic, it's kind of hidden. Um, but to be able to exploit that and utilize it was nice. And it made the game really pretty yeah. easy because, you know, in, in previous, all the previous Final Fantasy games, the goal was to level up as much as you can and as quickly as you can, where this game isn't that way. This game is draw as much magic as you possibly can, but also yes. magic management, too, because, say, for example, you draw a ton of Kiragas, but then you use those Kiragas. Well, then it's if it's junction to something, then your HP goes down. Exactly, or yeah. exactly. So you have to be careful of that, and it makes you think through things way differently than any of the games before it. Things that I found frustrating was... I realize... So for the most part, for me, and like I'm sure a good portion of the players... I really only had my junction set up for three characters. I didn't keep everyone well balanced. The junctions would get messed up. And they would try and be like, you might want to check your junction. And like, I'll go into battle. And then I'll like, one person has their junction still intact. And the rest are like, I can attack. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I almost wish they would force you into that menu screen. It would have even been better. Well, see... And that was something that I learned pretty quick that they would randomly dejunction everyone. And the only warning you got when they did that was you Maybe should I probably should check. check. My junction. And it's like, oh, what? Why did they erase? I worked so hard to get the junction set up this way, and now I have to redo all of it. It was nice, though, like when you would switch between characters, you could go into that menu and screen and swap. swap stuff yeah. out. It didn't make sense in terms of like. I realize it's not real life, but it, like in a real life situation, like there's no way I'm gonna like, get Zell's magic on the other side yeah. of the freaking continent. Like I'm selfie, in space. Selfie might be dead <laughs> yeah. in the in the missile base, but I'm going to summon her magic over to me in Balam Garden. You know, it, was, it doesn't make any sense. It was clever though, like when you're playing as Laguna Ward and Kiros, to, whose junction was junctioned up, and yeah, and if you know if you use magic as Laguna, you're that you, magic yes. is being taken away from Squall as well. So that's you got to think about that too. But also, if you draw that that drawn magic goes to Squall as well. So like you have to be thinking of that always. Something that burned me on that though was I set up my three characters to be it. And those three characters was it. But then when you fight Ultimecia... <laughs> I killed my characters towards, that I didn't use Towards the very end of the fight, Ultimecia will banish the character... Well, no, I don't even know. She, like... Their character, if, if your, your character, character dies... dies, they disappear. Yeah. And then another character steps in to take their place. But they don't take the junction stuff. They just have equipped what they have equipped. Well, I didn't have anybody else equipped but my main yeah. three. I didn't realize that I had, like, one frame to be able to heal yeah. them back to life. And that burned me on my first round with Ultimecia. Well, multiple things burned me on that round. Um, The nice thing about the junctions is they're, like, abilities that came with them. So, like, if your character was equipped, you could do certain things. 
liked the card mechanic to changing some of your cards to like turn into items or mm-hmm. magic and stuff. So if you get a Laguna card, you get a hundred heroes, which makes your character temporarily invincible. They, there's also an item. I had two of them at the end where it does it on your whole uh, entire party. Like a mega hero. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember what it was called, but uh, we'll have to talk about <clears throat> my mega elixir too. Oh yes, your mega elixir. But yeah, that was a nice mechanic. It kind of makes the ending. Almost too easy. I felt kind of like it was cheating, I, but it was I part of the mechanics. I didn't so. use any heroes. Oh, really? Yeah. I had a hard time because I kept casting them. I tried casting them when their HP was low so I could really get more of um, limit breaks. I could have cast Aura, but it was too focused on doing mm-hmm. it all time-wise, which, pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, when I... When I fought Ultimecia the first time, she cast some spell on Zell that cut his HP in half. Oh. And there was no recovering from that. It just was indefinitely cut oh, in half. Oh, really? He died. I brought him back to life. HP was oh, still cut in half. It's because she takes, she blows away their magic. Oh, is that what it yes. is? Yes. She eliminates some of the magic from your menu. So whatever, he must have eliminated the whatever he had junction to his whatever HP. Whatever it was, it was completely gone. And I struggled with that the, the rest of the battle. Hmm. And then, like, Zell died and somebody else took his place. And that person didn't have any magic equipped. So, like, they were right. garbage. She only- and it's like, I'm trying to keep the other two alive but still right. dealing damage. But I found myself just constantly healing. And then one other person dropped off. And I'm like, it's over. Like, there's no point. The second time, I timed things way better. And nobody had their HP cut. And... I even managed to, um, like, somebody, I planned, kind of, I, I expected someone to die, and so I used, like, a phoenix down or something, or life or whatever yeah. on that person before they died, and then they died, and then, th- yeah. you know, they came right back to life before they disappeared forever. But yeah, it was, it, it went pretty well. I mean, Ultimecia went down really fast, and it was a lot easier. However... I did a ton of stuff beforehand to prep for that fight. Um, for example, I went and got the Ragnarok during the time compression mm-hmm. spot. And so I found a couple islands that had draw points. And I spammed, like, Ultima and, yeah. you know, the Agas and Kiragas and Flare and all that crap. So I was extra beefy. But also... <laughs> Right before, like, I did the whole Ultimecia mansion thing, and then right before I fought Ultimecia, I saved the game on a separate file, and then I completely, like, I broke down all of my cards that gave me items... I transferred those items and made them magics. Then I made the magics and leveled them up to like the max magic so that they were all Agas or whatever. Then I equipped all of that to my yeah. three characters. So I was like <laughs> as maxed out as my game could possibly let me be. And then I went to Ultimecia and it was like a cake walk. Yeah. Like no problem whatsoever. Um well, aside from the first round, but then the second round, I beat her just fine. Yeah. I was fully expecting to have to go back and do, like, more card stuff or more something, but no, I was fine. The king, the queen of cards. Did you ever fight the queen of I cards? I didn't do that I stuff, didn't either. No. I, I really was just mostly focused on getting that Laguna card, and then I was done. <laughs> so, I played the card game, and I had a lot of fun with it. On until. Twitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
until they turned on the randomize. They didn't rule. always do randomize, but it is. It they did for me. <laughs> Every single person I fought, it had randomize on, and I can't play randomize. Like I literally every yeah. time I had randomize on, I would freaking lose because they would give me garbage cards. Right. They would give me garbage cards and like Zell, <laughs> and it's like, of course I'm gonna lose, and they're gonna get Zell. Like there's nothing I can do about that. Right, right. So yeah, after like halfway through the game i just couldn't play the game and i couldn't play the card game which anymore. is sad because we were having so much fun in twitch i loved the card game it was so much fun but yeah i couldn't do the random thing like you, i just couldn't do it you had it set up in twitch so that um people could pay their redeem the channel points yeah. to be able to play the card so game you had a grid set up and everything it was really nice yeah, it, was it was really smart. cool <laughs> it, was a, it was a smart way to do it and we were uh, we had quite the deck too like I wasn't able to get Laguna card, but like we had quite yeah. a bit of stuff and we would have been able to keep going if the random rule wasn't, didn't exist. But I was running away from like every enemy until I got the card. Yeah. Thing. The card and then I was like carding everyone because when you use a card, when you use the card transformation spell, you don't get experience from it, but you still get AP. So I was able to level up my GFs you're and card. gain abilities. You're but... a card. You're a card. Yeah. Everybody's a card. <laughs> yeah. So, what'd you give it? I gave it an eight. I gave it a nine. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah. I I enjoyed the junction system. I know a lot of people don't. I think it was clever. I'm glad they didn't use it every game. Yeah. But it was something different that it worked okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't broken terribly. A couple <laughs> of my epic fails I want to talk about. The Tomberry King. I fought... Oh, no. I fought, <laughs> like, almost 100 Tomberries. And I carded all of them. Because in Wikipedia, it says, yeah, if you card a Tonberry, it counts towards the Tonberry King death count. Well, I was carding all these Tonberries, and then I fought a Tonberry normally to try and summon the king. I fought, like, maybe five of them, and the king never showed up. And then somebody in my Twitch chat was like, yeah, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> I'm like, but it's in Wikipedia. It must be true. It must be true. Nope. It was on the internet. Nope. And then the other fail was I was fighting somebody. I was trying to draw like Demi or something. And they they gave Quistus um <laughs> confusion. And in the one round while Quistus was confused, she used an item and that item was a Mega Elixir. The only Mega Elixir I had in my in my inventory, and she used it while confused on the enemy, and I was ticked. I was so angry. There's an actual video clip of it, yeah, and it's so. It. There's this moment where you watch it happen, and like you can see your eyes go, "Oh no!" And then you just put the controller <laughs> down. It's just face palm. It's just this moment of pure defeat, <laughs> just raw <laughs> sadness. <laughs> it was terrible. I was so angry. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't, out of all of the things for Quistus to do, the randomizer just so happened to give it the freaking... I was in Twitch that day, and I watched it happen, and it didn't even process to me until you did it. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It, it didn't even process for me either. Like, 
I saw I, I saw the like ching 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 and I'm like, what was that? Why did they just do that? And then I saw the numbers pop up and I'm like, that was a Meg Elixir. I'm like, <laughs> no crap. Dang there's it. There's a sound, even the way you put your controller down, there's I can't even explain it. You have to watch the video. It's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's a so it's funny. a highlight on Twitch. If you guys want to check that out, it's twitch.tv forward slash zap night. So now um, the the joke is Every time, every time you use something wrong or just something goes, just just calm down, Quistus. Freaking Quistus! She wasn't allowed in my party anymore. You put her in for her birthday. I did. I did. I put her in for her birthday, and then that was it. Like she wasn't even allowed to fight the sorceress. Like that was it. I was so mad. I was so angry. Good times. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on to music. I feel like yes, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. I feel like. We can talk about certain songs and it's awesome and stuff, but sometimes it's so hard to explain. There, like, there's not much to say. It was amazing. There was <laughs> nothing to say. Like, literally every single song in the soundtrack is phenomenal. You you could listen to the soundtrack as is, old PlayStation style, old PlayStation sound. It's phenomenal all the way through. Did you know at the end when you're on the Ragnarok with Jasquale and Renoa and they have that like moment together? <laughs> you did you notice that you couldn't make their dialogue go further? Did you notice that at all? Like it was all timed? Oh yeah. The reason why is because they wanted to time it up with that song yeah, perfectly. I figured as much. I loved the man with the machine gun song yeah that's like my favorite of the series in fact honestly my favorite character is laguna i yeah. love laguna laguna is i awesome. have a laguna figure yeah i know <laughs> it's really cool so yeah 10 out of 10 i mean you ever everything like sound effects are yeah. really good the you know yeah just everything is so good so good yeah I, not much else to say, really. I mean, honestly, the music is amazing. If you haven't listened to Final Fantasy VIII music, just freaking do yeah. it. Just l listen to the soundtrack on YouTube. It's there. Just listen to some of the songs, and you'll be like, yeah, yeah, no, That's this is really good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so overall for me, I give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, me too. I just really enjoyed this game all the way through. Um... I didn't. I I had a few hiccups, but nothing that was old. You know, major right. major problems. The story had a few things that could have been improved upon or could have been told a little bit better. But overall, the story itself was really well done, and I enjoyed it, even if it was a little confusing. <laughs> but you know, I understand why this game is people's favorites. I understand why this game is a little tough for some people to pick up. But when it's all said and done, like, it was a fun game. Yeah. Like, just all the way now through, that, it was a fun game. Now that we're old enough to understand yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that that it. is part of it, that I've reached a maturity level that this game is designed for. And yeah, this game is, I don't know, it's probably PG or whatever. whatever it is. But, like, it's meant, it's a game, so it's designed for a younger audience. But really, this is a mature game. Like, it... It deals with some dark stuff. It deals with some, you well, know, very, heartbreak and pain and, you know. It's it's like, it's not mature as in, wow, kids shouldn't see that. But, like, kids aren't going to follow along with, like, the dynamics of the gardens and what's going on with, like, the presidency, you know, and 
the sorceress coming in and it's it's in a way that you have to have a mature mind to really understand the full scope of what's going on across the world yeah, in general. Yeah, I agree. And then, of course, time in general. <laughs> well, and, and you have to be invested in the game to yeah. be able to remember these items. Like, I don't feel like you could play this in, you know, a six-month span on and off and be able to right. understand the story right. cohesively. Like, you kind of have to sit down and play it all the way through in a reasonable time frame. Like, we did ours in, like, a month and a half, and I feel like I understood the story yeah. perfectly well. Like, yeah, there were things about it that I may have forgotten, but easily remembered when you start right. looking up. You know, by the end of it, when you're piecing yeah. it all together and you're <laughs> like, thinking oh. about it, it's like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. I get why we did these things. <laughs> by the end of the game, we could finally say, that's the beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Full circle. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I gave it a 9 out of 10 overall. Yeah, I did too. So. Um, that gave me a 45 out of 50. Samesies. So it's a 90. Yay! 90 out of 100. So, normally, um, and, and we'll probably talk about this on the next Zap Chats. Mm-hmm. It's probably a better spot for it. But normally, we give it, like, a grade rating. We're going to start doing away with that, and we're going to transform our score out of 100 to a 1 out of 10, kind of dropping that extra 0 to be, like, a point. In this context, we would be a 9 out of 10. Right, yeah. So... Exactly. This would be an, now. If it was an eighty-five, it would be an eight point five out of right. ten. So this this game is a nine out of ten, and I fully agree with that. Like it's it's so good. It's so close to being perfect. But I don't think any game. Maybe maybe Chrono Trigger will be perfect. I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy Nine. You think so? No. no. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's coming soon. Yay! So guys, thank you all so much for sticking out with us and. Oh, oh, wait, what are we playing next? Um, before we do that, what was your time? I forgot to talk about that. Uh, I believe it was 30, 30, 36, 30, 36, so, uh, yeah, I think that's what like you that. told me, but that was before you fought Ultimecia. So yes. maybe like 31. Yeah. Somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, mine, I calculated was 63 hours and 39 minutes. Oh, in my defense, part of the game mechanic, I talked about this with 7 because 7 and 8 for me came packed together. Right. And I switch. had the option to triple time, triple time, which made it so much easier. And it didn't affect my clock. So actually, even part, parts of the game where I have like a timer, it didn't make the timer go quicker. Oh, geez. That's a cheat. It was kind of a cheat, but really there's not that much. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, So, yes, it did help in terms of, like, trying to get from point A to point B a lot quicker. But still, like, a whole 30 hours? Well, for, for me, a lot. Because that... Oh, you were playing a lot of triple try. That's my time of Twitch. Yeah. So, so like there there was there was a lot of triple triad there was a couple times where I died and had to do a few things over again. <clears throat> sure. I didn't die a whole lot in this game really. I, I only died like maybe twice yeah, or three I think times. I, I like think that. I'm the same. Yep. So yeah, it really wasn't that hard. I do wish that there was a few more side quest stuff though. Like yeah. there there is definitely a few like I Odin like the, and Bahamut and The whole world is kind of empty. Yeah. It really is just kind of barren. Like there's not a whole lot going on. I don't know. 
Yeah, and you know, that is kind of weird for a Final Fantasy game. Like, normally you see stuff out in the distance, you're like, what is that? I'm going to have to go and explore that. But this game didn't have that. Yeah, There's was, not a whole lot going really on There's really not a whole lot of map. cities or anything. Yeah. It's just, it's barren. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, which is funny because uh, and maybe this is to reflect how technology technologically advanced Esthar is because Esthar is huge. It is huge, yeah. And they're hidden, and it kind of shows how the other side of the world is not as advanced or as big, so maybe that's kind of why, but... Yeah, I don't just know. Stuff Something to note. Thought, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so in any case... It's done. It's done. Out of the way. We're, we're ready to move on to 9 soonish. Kind of. Kind of-ish. So our next game is going to be... Um, Stardew, Stardew Valley. Valley. Yep. Yay! I I think we've both already started Stardew Valley. Yep. Um, I've been playing on Twitch, so if you guys want to check out Twitch, I think I've already said it, it's twitch.tv forward slash sapnight. You can watch me stream on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Definitely playing Stardew Valley most of those days. Um, so I might throw some extra stuff in there every now and then, but right now I'm enjoying Stardew Valley quite a bit, so I'm Good. having a lot of fun doing that. Um, it's kind of a nice break after playing like <laughs> Final Fantasy VII, then Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then Final Fantasy VIII, like bam, 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 kind of back to back more or less. So it's kind of nice to have this kind of a chill laid back game for a little bit. Um, I'm still not entirely sure when we'll start up Final Fantasy IX. I don't know if it'll be next necessarily, but, uh, it's it, next in the series. At it, least. it is next in the series. And we have been, we've already played all the Final Fantasies 1 through 8 now, yes. including 15, for some weird reason. <laughs> well, no, it came out. It so. came out during our time playing. But yeah, so we've we've played all those Final Fantasy games, so it's like, we're sticking to the Final Fantasy series for sure, but it, you know, do we want to start up 9 right away, or do we want to do something else RPG Right. You know, that that isn't necessarily Final Fantasy, like Chrono Trigger or Valkyrie Profile, or, you know, we could do uh, another Artinelico. Yeah. Um, we'll Xenosaga. See. I mean, Let there's, us know. there's so many games that we could play. So many games. So little time, you guys. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging out and listening to this episode of Zap Night. Um, we, we have all sorts of social media. If you guys are just listening to this for Final Fantasy VIII, first off, thank you. Thank you so much Yay. for being here. I appreciate it. Um, we have so much other content. We have thrift shop games over on our YouTube channel. You may be listening to this on YouTube, and if you are, thank you. And subscribe while you're here. It would really help me out a lot. Um, like this video too because all the likes i i had a dislike on a video the other day my <gasps> first dislike Aww. yeah it must have been an accident it must have been <laughs> there's happens, no way there's know. no way it was a bad video <laughs> but if you like this video you know like it if you're listening to this on the podcast side thank you so much for listening to this episode um leave a review for us that would be fantastic and if you leave a review i will do everything i can to read that review on our next episode of zap chats uh-huh. so yeah we will try and do that um but yeah guys thank you all so much for listening and hanging out and uh we'll see you guys next time Bye.